Welcome to Linux Link Radio by TimeSys, the podcast for embedded Linux developers who want to simplify and speed up their custom platform development. Visit timesys.com today for access to our podcast archives. Okay, so we're all started. Welcome to Linux Link Radio. I'm sorry, uh, I, we've been out on, on vacation and traveling about. I know, Maciej. Uh, well, I'm not sorry. I, I've been enjoying my vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Well, but yes, yeah, so welcome back. Uh, or you should say welcome by, back, I guess, because uh, it's been us that have been away and uh, not recording podcasts. But uh, we'll try to get better now that we're back and... Uh, in the office and uh, it doesn't look like we'll be traveling a whole lot over the rest of the summer so uh, today we're going to cover a number of interesting topics it, it, it looks like a development of linux kernel you know i might get sent to auto linux symposium i've been asking for like i don't know a while i mean part of the big trip i mean part of the big thing behind that is they have a nice bike ride yeah but i guess maybe i shouldn't sit but I mean, there's other valuable parts of the conference, whatever else. But apparently, I have a really nice bike ride. I've been meaning to, to throw my bike on. Well, you can always bike there from here. That would be a nice bike ride. Well, it's, it's in theory, not that far, right? It's only... In theory. It's about 10 hours drive. So let me see. It's like uh, maybe two weeks biking. You see, that's a so nice I would have vacation. A, if it started last week, I'd, I'd be set. That's it. When, when does it start? You know, I, it's next week. I think it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Well, so maybe yeah. we'll have um, next, uh, or at least material for next uh, recording from that show. Yeah, I hope so. I guess I, I, I'm just, I mean, every time I've gone to uh, Audible Life Symposium, I've, it, it's great. And the embedded, the embedded crowd there is huge. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, I mean, you know, you try to tell you know, a boss person here that does marketing and goes to those slick marketing crappy shows. They just don't even understand that it's a worthwhile thing to send, you know, yeah. engineering folks to to get their head around what's going on. It just well, because they're not selling something and have a fancy you know, booth with whatever. They just don't think it's anything important. I agree with you that that show is the show for embedded Linux engineers. And oh yeah, it's great. There's, there's a lot of um, folks that are coming to town to just meet and talk about new development. What areas of uh, Linux kernel should move forward? Which ones? Um, you know, what should be the major changes yeah. and improvements? Yeah, and, and the few people that I've worked with that, that don't avoid me. I mean, I can run into them. <laughs> very, very, you know, I can run into them a couple of times. You know, that's scary. Because I just don't see them in person, right? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, they, they, they've moved on. They've hit another part of the country or whatever, and you well, don't really get to run into them too There's often. a reason why we don't publish our, our uh, photos and uh, <laughs> yeah. why this is um, audio-only podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough about that. Um, today we're going to cover a uh, number of topics. We'll um, talk briefly about uh, what's new in the newly released 2.6.26 kernel. Yeah, not that long, though, because last time, our last part, we talked about the kernel. I think, we, I think it was too long. Yeah, I agree. So today we're just going to hit a few major points, and then we'll spend some time talking about um, ways to um, pinpoint problems in memory um, as you yeah, we're talking about the, the yeah, we're talking about the M patrol. Well, yeah, I, yeah I think, just as an example. Yeah, I think we're going to focus on that because I think if you ask me other stuff, I wouldn't be unprepared. I sound like stupider than normal. I'm prepared as you usual. Want, you want to yeah. tell me that you prepared on M patrol? Yes, I did. Oh my! Yes, I did. Okay, so two six twenty six. Um, it's it actually has been out for maybe a couple of days. I, I think it went out on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so five days old. And uh, this release um, 
follows the 2625 in a uh, shorter time period than the previous one. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a number of uh, new interesting code added to the 2626. The one that's uh, jumping out is, I I believe, KGDB. Oh, yeah. Well, there's... uh, well, and, and that, and they improve the other debugger in the kernel. Uh, yeah. Print K. So, print K. <laughs> that's a nice debugger. Well, let's talk about that minor debugger. Minor debugger. There's, there's also a number, of course, of uh, device drivers and um, a lot of improvements around existing device drivers. But let's talk about KGDB first, because um, that project has been out there for, well, long years now. Yeah, well, you know, for a while, Amit, uh, Amit Kale, I think was his name, yeah. he worked here. Uh, a time sys and he, he was the KGDB maintain, maintainer uh, and he started like info sys something it's, it was and and then I think he's now since retired or something he's getting this well I, I in the past KGDB that was actually an argument in the open source right whether you really need kernel debugger yeah well I, I know that I know one of the other than print K <laughs> well yeah this other bit of debugger but you know, I know that, that the, the feeling on, the, on behalf of the that Torvalds guy was, you know, why even have a debugger? I mean, you, you shouldn't have yeah. a debugger because it forces you uh, not, or put it this way, it, it makes it easier for you not to know what you're debugging. And so you should be intimately familiar with what you're working on yeah. so that you don't make mistakes as easily. Right. Which is a, it's a somewhat of a valid argument. I, I agree. Um, but there's a, a group of uh, people that, on new to Linux or uh, let's say have experience with operating systems similar to Linux um, but um, they are not low-level kernel um, engineers um, I mean kernel low-level engineers I, I, you know, yeah <laughs> you know I, don't, I, mean? I don't buy it I, I just don't buy that argument I mean come on I, I mean like a debugger is a GPS right and print K is a map and compass and you should be able to hack it with yeah, a map and compass no I, I agree I mean print K is a, is a, is a very valid um, debugging tool it's just that Not sometimes valid. it's sometimes the debugging tool it's, uh, it's difficult if you have a deployed system to um, instrument it um, because with print K you usually have to instrument um, ahead of um, debugging session, right? You can, of course, turn, turn the print case on and off to um, see what's happening inside the running kernel. With um, all the more to the point that you know, print K is a better debugging tool because it forces you to think about your software. Yeah, but you but you can't put print case arbitrarily in the software that's already deployed in the field. Of course, you shouldn't because you should have thought through that ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, but that's where I guess KGDB comes in and um, helps out because it, it, you can always access kernel internals um, during kernel runtime. Yeah. Um, and again, I haven't looked at the latest KGDB uh, patches that got into kernel mainline today. Mm-hmm. Um, as to the level of information that you can um, obtain through a KGDB through that new KGDB interface inside a kernel. Mm-hmm. Well, so in the next project, I want to see you actually try to debug a kernel that, that crashes. Well, if you rotate, it, it doesn't crash. <laughs> yeah. <Well. laughs> Come. Have you ever written anything that uh, was perfect? Yeah. I think we got to move on to the next thing. <laughs> what are we supposed to be talking about? Well, KGDB, right? Yeah. So um, how does KGDB work? 
uh, KGB has, um, well, it's part of a Linux kernel, right? It's mm-hmm. a code that exposes the GDB interface to a host machine, and you need to have a GDB, uh, well, not server, a GDB itself running on a, on a host machine, and that GDB has to be set so that it understands whatever architecture you are debugging. So if you if your target platform is ARM platform and you have a, an ARM kernel instrumented with KGDB, on a host machine you need to have a cross debugger that understands ARM architecture and can translate the communication from KGDB from a target platform into a set of information that can be displayed with various tools on, the, on your host machine. Mm-hmm. Now, um, do you want to... I, I just I, I totally agree, Mache. I think uh, you have okay, it completely let, right. Let, let's then uh, contrast it to your favorite tool, PrintK. Yeah. So you don't have to do any of that. Well, that's true. See, don't do it. Well, so uh, one of the enhance. I know. I know. We don't want to talk all the time about that. What's the enhancement? You know what they did is they they fixed up the percent p. Uh, so if you're printing on a pointer, right? You can you can put an arbitrary pointer type uh, after that, uh-huh. and then you can hook that. The, the pointer type, and then you know, if you have like an inode and you want to print out formatted data about an inode, then you can you know you can do that. It's extensible, so you can set that up for other other data structure types. So what you're saying is that now you can correctly output uh, numbers and, and various values, yeah, on a screen. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know it was broken. I, I didn't say it was broken. <laughs> I didn't say it was broken. Jeez, oh man, it's, it's, it's an enhancement. Makes your life a lot easier. Well, it's been a while since we recorded our podcast. Well, so. That's what you do for, uh, you know, that's what people say. It's like they need KGDB to, to look at the symbols and everything, and it's difficult to deal with the data structures. Yeah. There you go. Don't have to anymore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's um, uh, maybe jump to um, our other topic. Yeah, we want to talk about M Patrol. Yeah, we want to talk about. Memory tracing. Yeah. So I, I know that I did a, I did a presentation on M Patrol. Oh, you did? Uh, I it, didn't know that. Yeah. No one knew it, I think. For <laughs> but no, 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 no. No, but seriously, this is an application land. And uh, so what M Patrol does is it's one of those class of things that overrides new, right? New and free. And all of its nieces, nephews, cousins, aunts, and uncles, right? For allocating and releasing memory. Mm-hmm. So... How it works is you you know compile against a library, and uh, it maintains a side list. So it maintains a, a, a hash. So every pointer that comes in that you request, it says okay. Yeah. Pointer requested this much memory at this time, and then when the program ends, mm-hmm. it then reconciles that list, and it'll go back to all of the news mm-hmm. that were not freed. Mm-hmm. Is there an overhead? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about. It. I mean, but execution overhead or footprint overhead? Yes. Yeah, all, yes, all, yes. all the overheads um, okay. for this one. And, and uh, it's got some interesting things. Like what it'll do is, I mean, actually talking to the microphone about that. So one of the things it'll do is it'll figure out whether you've overwritten or underwritten memory. Okay. And it'll do, it has two different approaches. So one approach is, is it'll put some characters on either side of your allocation. Okay. And then whenever you do something with one of your, you know, whenever you free your allocation or at the end of the run, it'll inspect those uh, bytes at the beginning and the end and then decide whether it's not that pattern right so it's a certain pattern if it's if it's not that pattern then it'll bark at you and say hey you overwrote okay or the other thing you can do is you can force your allocation to be at the beginning or end of a page yeah so if you're so if you're doing an underwrite 
it'll it'll take one page, put your allocation on that page, and you can position it to be at the beginning or the end. So if you're doing an underwrite, you put it at the beginning of the page, yeah. and when you do your underwrite, it'll generate a page fault. Right. So uh, the idea behind Mpatrol is to help developers um, find memory leaks in their applications. Yeah, memory leaks and other, and I guess anomalies handling, uh, anomalies working with the heap. Right. So um, l let's talk actually about the first one and then about the second one. So memory leaks. By counting or instrumenting uh, allocations and deallocations, you can track patterns and you can uh, find out which ones um, do not match, mm -hmm. uh, which would result in a red light, right? This is, hey, you omitted this particular allocation. Mm -hmm. You have not freed up that memory. The second one, a heap, what's so special about um, using Mpatrol to, to track heap allocations? So what you can do is you, you can manage the memory such that you can keep track of times when you've written past your pointer yeah. or written past the amount of the, the space you've allocated. So let's say one of the classic examples, right, is you have a data structure that has a string in it yep. and you don't respect the boundaries of the string, right? And you write past and write over your data structure and then write off into memory somewhere. Yeah, it happened to me once or twice. Yeah, never, <laughs> never for me, by the way. Perfect apps. Yeah. So if you've ever done anything stupid like that... Uh -huh. <clears throat> Which I have all the time, right? So if you can you can position your allocations such that those overrates or underrates will generate an immediate page fault, yeah. Um, or if it, or if you're off by a small amount, make quotes from a small amount, you can have it set up so that after the program runs or when a free runs, uh, it'll go uh, it'll inspect the memory before and after the space has been free. So uh, what are the side effects of generating a page fault? Um, can you control how the mpatrol flags those different issues to you, meaning whether it halts the program or just raises a flag or um, spits out the seg yeah. seg fault. Yeah, so it spits out the seg fault. It shows you the, the call stack mm -hmm. and um, gives you some idea about the allocation that you ran over. Yeah. So it'll tell you back where that memory was allocated, and that's about it. But that's really handy. I mean, it, it's not handy if, yeah, well, put it this way. So if, if you, have, you have the great big loop, Yep. You know, one to a billion, and you're allocating memory in that loop, and one of those is eventually overwritten. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not as useful because you don't know which one, which one? Yeah, yeah. was allocated, but you still have some idea of the, the origin. I mean, that's right. one of the things it can't tell you is it, is it can't tell you uh, which, it can only show you the allocation which wasn't freed. Mm -hmm. But I mean, obviously, it can't tell you where something wasn't freed. <laughs> right? Okay, run it through me again, man. Well, it's, <laughs> So this is this is what I was talking to some some poor you know marketing guy about what Mpatrol did right, and so it'll tell you, it'll point to the place where the memory was allocated that wasn't freed. Yeah, but it obviously can't point out where you didn't free memory. Okay, so what you're saying <laughs> right? is that during the runtime, it will tell you during runtime on which page it wasn't freed, but won't point in a code where 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 the um, matching allocation is oh it'll point to the matching out it'll point to the where it was allocated okay but obviously it won't point to where you didn't free it because yeah you didn't do you it didn't free it. but you know ex imagine explaining this story to, to marketing guy right? three second it's like well it, it, it won't tell me where my problem is of course dude it, it, it well, can't right? it, well, 
It actually will, right? It will show you where your allocation is. Yeah, so point that allocation. It will stop you and will tell you, hey, think think twice because otherwise you're going to run out of memory. Yeah, so it'll it'll point back to the allocation, right? Yeah. But you know, explain this to the marketing guy. So, so it didn't like the light didn't go on for him. What are the user interfaces, or how do you how does M Patrol communicate with end user? So it just dumps out a log file at the end of a run. So you link against M Patrol. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty cool. I know when I was using it, I just set my, there's a header file. So I did yeah. dash include M Patrol H and then I linked against something. And so I didn't have to touch my code at all. Yeah. And that, I always like to, I always like systems like that because um, yeah. if it involves like multiple builds or something, you know, we have to touch the source code. It's an invitation for like a screw up. Yeah, I, I sniffed through a couple of M Patrol files and uh, I know that there are other tools, commercial tools as well mm. that help read M Patrol data and uh, navigate to a specific line in your application where yeah. you did your allocation. Mm-hmm. So that 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 saving that actually saves a lot of time because yeah. if you if you M patrol a large system uh, with lots of applications it's uh um difficult to um go through that very lo- lengthy um log file and, and, and try to find a line of code where the matching allocation happened. Oh, yeah. So you, you track a single application, but you can also track the entire system if you build it with um, M-Patrol libraries. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, in, in my you know, tour of using the, the tool, I haven't tried it, but I know it has a, uh, a link loader too. So you can run it. And I've, I've never used this feature. I've always just recompiled. Yeah, but you can also uh, run this program. So run your program as a parameter against mm-hmm. you know M Patrol, and M Patrol will get in there and you know somehow inspect the symbol table and do the right thing so that it will call its libraries instead of. So you don't have to inst- so you don't have to compile with the M Patrol library if you don't want. But I, I never use that. So which is great. I mean, in reality, nobody actually builds an entire system with optimized for M Patrol, right? Because of the overhead, because of. Um, uh, if you if you count on predictability of your system, you instrument it with M Patrol. The timings change. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a killer memory wise. So if if you set it up with the with the allocations bordering a page, yep. it allocates a page per um, allocation. Mm-hmm. So you're one byte, and and then it allocates a page before and after, so that you it, you'll get the appropriate page faults if you. So you know you you allocate ten bytes and you yeah. and you've taken up three pages worth of data. So that's why, in, especially in embedded um, systems, where you have fairly limited amount of memory mm-hmm. and you don't want to kill your system by paging all the time. Oh yeah, the memory. Um, you don't instrument the entire system. You just instrument your application and and you count on on, the, on you know open source projects to do similar things for each of the packages or applications yeah. on, on their own. Well, you, you know what I've seen as a common usage for you know, and what I've done myself is to just run M Patrol natively. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can run your if you set up your code and put it inside of a little scaffolding. You can compile with M Patrol, run it on your local computer. You know, simulate the inputs and outputs that you have, so yeah. all your routines get called, and then you can then see see your leaks that way. So it's not as though you have to run it on your target uh, to get the same sort of results. That's true because you can always cross compile or compile your application um, on a host machine, and if you have missed some of the deallocations, doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's uh, not perfect. It it's, yeah, it's certainly not a perfect setup, but yeah. hey, it's a lot better than because you you put that on your. You know, 16 meg board, and before you know it, it's you know 
one meg for every 2k download or you know yeah. for or not That's 2k down but for you know your your heap your heap increases he, you know he, your heap requirements increase that's actually an excellent um excellent point gene I, i've never actually thought of that i've always considered mpatrol as a tool that i would want to use on a target platform but it's an excellent point that given its requirements and how hungry memory hungry it is running it on a host machine with an application that can compile for the host machine is a great alternative yeah i mean that's that's the the approach i take is to i try to do as much as much on my dev host as i can because uh you know i have scads and scads of memory and processing time isn't a big deal and you know the effort involved in you know skidding your host getting the target all set up is uh, probably the same amount of effort involved in getting a scaffolding set up. At least that's what I keep telling myself. Right. So, so that, now I understand your claim that uh, your programs on target platforms um, don't need any debugging or de- uh, memory tracing. Well, <laughs> you do everything on the host. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one way. Yeah. You have to tell the right. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Well, maybe it's going to be useful to someone. Yeah, so it's actually it's, it's a pretty cool setup. The other thing that's really nifty about Mpatrol is the API that they have. Okay. So it takes, a, I mean, the documentation isn't isn't so great, and it takes a little bit to get your head around. But you can there's a the notion of a prologue and an epilogue. So whenever yep. you whenever you do an allocation, uh, it'll make a call into a routine, and you can see you know, what pointers being allocated, how much if it's a realloc, um, just you know at the call stack at the time the allocation was made. So if you're trying to ferret out something that's difficult you can you know at least if you have it narrowed down to somewhere in the stack you can at at the time that each memory allocation is made you can walk the stack and see whether it's it's uh yeah. uh, uh see whether it's something that you that suspect function yeah so that's really that's really really cool can you glue your own code to those what do you mean glue your own code so if i want to call another routine that would do something else dude yeah no problem yeah. So yeah, you set that up by setting a pointer. So it's pretty interesting. So you, you set up, you send it in a pointer to a function, hmm. and then it, you're responsible actually for the daisy chaining. So uh, you cache. So you set the the pointer to the function. So the prolog thing, the, the preallocation. So you you say set the preallocation to this function pointer. You hand a function pointer, and then it hands you back the function pointer to the prior yep. setting. And then in your routine, you're responsible to call the prior prolog, yeah. and that chains downward. Well, so that actually means that you can write your own um, code that's going to track allocations Mm -hmm. and the allocations dynamically Mm -hmm. for you. And if you have your own interface with which you want to capture that data, perhaps you want to send that over the network, um, you can absolutely do that. But um, each instrumentation adds additional overhead. So in most cases, people don't do that. But if your system is fast and uh, you have some cycles that you can... No. You want to leverage? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, too, is, is in, so in the API, they also build in the notion of a printf to the mbatrol log. Mm-hmm. So mbatrol, when it runs, is always always has this log streaming. Yeah. And if you want to print out data to that log, you can do that. There's there's API functions for that as well. Yeah. So that way, you can have a uniform. It's not like you have to always write the standard out or stand, pardon me, uh, standard error or something like that. Uh, instead, you can point your output or you can just say print this to the Empatrol output file, yeah. and wherever that file happens to be, the output will go there, and that's yeah. really cool. Well, because uh, there, I've actually worked 
during my professional life with many applications that were fairly complex that mm-hmm. had very many execution paths. And it's quite difficult to, to find or execute most of them in a short period of time. So yeah. what you do is you let it run and um, you execute a variety of different functions, hoping that all the paths are going to um, get executed. Well, the other cool thing you can do too is you can set, so inside your prolog function, so let's say you have a uh, something, let's say you have a bunch of conditions you're searching mm-hmm. for. So you walk the path, you look for different, and then you can set a breakpoint, right? So you have if, and if you know, yeah. you've satisfied all these conditions, Right at the line, you can wrap that in an F and then right at the line where you're going to return from that function. or you, right. you just have some line that's breakable. Mm-hmm. You can stick a breakpoint there and then begin walking back and see the state of the system. Right. That's really cool. It is because then you can actually have access to your heap. You have access to a snapshot of your registers. Yeah. And it's a oh, yeah. connection to your print K, right? Yeah. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> So use, it, use print case to uh, with what was it percent uh, d or well no no that's in user this is in user land oh okay yeah so you couldn't you couldn't do that in right in this kernel in kernel land so wow. unfortunately but and the other thing you have too is it has this notion of iterating all, all over the over the set of allocations yeah which is pretty cool too because one of the questions you know some some folks has is you know how much memory have I allocated off the heap. That's harder to get than you think. <laughs> it really is difficult to get an accurate count. Um, okay. And uh, so, you, at a minimum, you can walk through every point of this been allocated, get the allocated size, get the page align size, get the call stack at the time it was allocated. Um, so you can really do some really cool things to inspect the the state of your system with respect to the the heap. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was fun. Um, uh, I. I, I you know, I do really like the the notions of the prologues and the epilogues because you really yeah. can get in there and set your own special breakpoint. Yeah, there are a couple of languages that programming languages that actually had that notion as well. Um, I think Ada was one of them that that had a similar concept mm-hmm. um, programming wise uh, when you were writing some functions. Yeah, Ada is the system where you know once you've managed to get it to compile. So, so there's no debugging step in that because by the time you manage to get it to compile, it will formally work. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> you almost have my, no choice. My, my point was that this prologue and epilogue, um, depending on a program or, or the purpose uh-huh. um, of the program, is very useful and uh, usually allows um, extensibility. So you can connect um, your own routines or the prologue and epilogue are designed to for that purpose only mm-hmm. to allow you to write your own code that executes before and after certain chunk of code. So sure, that's very that's very handy and I know doesn't make sense for every single application. Yeah, and the other thing too is being able to arbitrarily walk all the allocated pointers and then figure out where exactly they were allocated, and that's extremely powerful. And you could even you know you could even hook that up to a signal too, <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to, and at different times hit the signal and then have it collect that data. And do a little analysis for you. That's that's well, cool stuff. That's how all those tracing tools work these days. Mm-hmm. And it's not um, only the memory tracing tool, but execution tracing tools as well. Yeah. System-wide tracing tools, um, LTTNG. Yeah. So I think we're all done. And we're getting to stop doing this sign. So again, I apologize for, for not uh, recording a little bit. So we were... I wouldn't call it summer break, 
more like summer <laughs> sloth or something. We just didn't get to it with all the. Of course, Machi's been on vacation nonstop, so. Well, yeah, it's uh, my fault as usual, but yeah. that's that's okay. Um, we'll talk after you come back from the from a show. Oh, I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> I, I don't think I think they're gonna make me walk there or something. If if I want to get like, oh, gee, I don't know. They'll they'll pay for your water uh, as you bicycle there. Yeah, yeah, that that's yeah. seven dollar travel expenses. I don't know about that. The, the, the counting guys. So, um, hey, if you have any questions or comments, uh, drop us a line at uh, podcast at timesus.com. We, we I know we've gotten a couple mail uh, a couple mails uh, the time we've been taking we were recording saying hey where's the next one so again yeah. sorry and if you you know if you leave us your name and address we we'll even send you a shirt yeah yeah well so we'll not send- like a you shirt or something but a podcast <laughs> we'll send you a shirt but uh, we're interested in your ideas or what you would like to hear about so write to us let us know and we'll make we'll do our best to yeah. cover all those topics yeah, i'd love to hear it's, it's podcast at timesys.com and I, I think i think uh the podcasts are at linux link radio mm-hmm. and i'm not sure how because we have uh, several different channels some people listen to us on itunes and some people have what's that feed? i don't know what they create the, the thing the kids know. are using these days to get their podcast oh dad come on but so but you can always visit us at linux link radio at timesys.com as well and i uh, just uh, love to hear from you send us a uh, uh, drop us a line tell us you know, like much said just tell us what you want to hear about uh, we'd love to do an episode um, yeah. if it's something that interests you and we'll be back in two weeks yeah. so uh stay tuned yeah thanks a lot bye bye this podcast was brought to you by timesys are you new to embedded linux looking for a way to simplify your next project the Linux Link service by Timesys makes it easy to build your custom embedded Linux platform. Go to timesys.com today or call 866-392-4897 to learn more.